I was asked to discuss this morning the sugya of Grama and Shabbos and the status of uh, the kosher sitch. And the sugya of Grama and Shabbos is a very expansive uh, sugya, but what we'll try and do is tiptoe around to kind of get the lay of the land and discuss the points that are directly relevant to the issue that we're dealing with and try and not get bogged down in some of the uh, more thorny issues of Grama and Shabbos. The kosher switch technology is not something uh, that is uh, new. It is rather an enhancement to the uh, technology that was developed by Rabbi Halperin from the Institute of uh, Halacha and Science in Yushalayim about 35-40 years ago. And what we'll have to do is to evaluate whether or not uh, the enhancements that were made to the technology of Rabbi Halperin uh, should change what the reaction of the Poiskim uh, would be to, uh, to, to, to this kind of uh, mechanism. So the Sugi of Grama and Shabbos begins with the Gemara and Shabbos and Afkuf Chofam Abayz, where the Gemara discusses a fire that is spreading, and a person who wants to prevent the spread of the fire in order to prevent financial loss. It doesn't uh, discuss the case, of course, where someone's life is at danger. Of course, that would be Bikuach Nefesh and Shabbos, and one would be allowed to put out the fire under all circumstances. But the Gemara is discussing a person who wants to prevent the, the travel of the uh, fire in order to prevent financial loss. So the Gemara, the Mishnah says, a person is allowed to make a wall of barrels, wooden barrels that are filled with water, in order so that the, when the fire reaches the barrels, it will burn through the barrels and uh, release the water, and the water will then uh, put out the fire. Why is one allowed to do this malacha, which is uh, essentially the malacha of kiboy, putting extinguishing a fire on Shabbos? So Gemara quotes from the Pasuk in Parashas Yisroi, malacha, you are not allowed to perform any malacha, performing a malacha, actively is prohibited, grama shari, but if you just uh, cause the malacha to occur, indirectly, but you yourself do not perform it, so then uh, grama is, uh, you cause it to happen, that is permitted. So here we have the basis for the uh, idea that grama, not performing the malacha directly, but just causing it to occur, uh, is mutter, that is what the Gemara tells us in Masech the Shabbos. The Mordechai in Masech the Shabbos, Simen Shin Sadi Tes, uh, quotes from the Rishonim, that this is only mutter on Shabbos, but makam hefsit. So in mutter, in order to prevent the financial loss, but not uh, gratuitously, a person cannot do malachas in a fashion uh, of grama, even though he's just causing it to occur, not doing it directly, that is prohibited. It's only mutter if it's b'makayim uh, hefsid. And the Mordechai is quoted by the Ramah, in Simashin Lamedal Sivchav Beis, it's quoted by the Ramah, the Maisa, with regards to this case, the Gram, the Shulchan Aruch says, Gram Kiboy is mutter in order to prevent the, the, uh, the expansion of the fire. To prevent financial, and the Ramah adds, B'makam Seda, that that's only mutter in order to prevent financial loss, and the Mepharshim explained that that's true with regards to all grama on Shabbos. The uh, Ramah's opinion is that it's only mutter in order to prevent financial loss. Based on the opinion of the Mordechai, and that's echoed by the Orzarua, by the Chidushi Haran, and many other Rishonim as well. It is somewhat debatable whether or not the Shulchan Aruch subscribes to this position too. It could be that the Ramah is just explaining what the Shulchan Aruch held, but the Shulchan Aruch would also be of the opinion that Grama and Shabbos is only permitted in B'mokayim Seda, but not uh, absent that uh, qualification, he would not allow uh, Gram Kiboy. Or perhaps the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch should be taken at face value, that he says Gram Kiboy is mutter, and perhaps it's mutter under all circumstances. The Beis Yosef does quote the Rishonim who say it's only mutter b'makam hefsid, so that might give us some indication the, that the Shulchan Aruch does subscribe to that position. But it's in fact a machlekes, hapaiskim, what is the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch with regards to this matter? Rabbi in a few places, um, in explaining the position of the Sfardim, of those who follow strictly the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch, uh, says that uh, one should not be mekel on Gram Kiboy on Shabbos, but uh, you know, in extenuating circumstances, perhaps it would be allowed. But in extenuating circumstances, if it's, if it's b'mokam seida, 
that even the Ramah uh, would allow it. So the, those who are machmer, even the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch, that it is only mutter, the Makam Seda. The Mordechai does have two opinions in Rishonim, whether or not this is true on Yom Tif as well. Whether or not this halacha that Karama is only mutter, b'makam hefsid, hefsid uh, is, is true on Yamtiv too. It could be on Yamtiv or more lenient, and uh, Karama uh, entirely would be allowed. The Ramah gives an indication like that in Hilchas Yamtiv that all Karama is permitted, but the Magan Avram disagrees, and the Magan Avram's opinion is that even on Yamtiv, uh, Karama is only mutter, b'makam hefsid. Some, though, do paskin, like the, the Ramah seems to indicate, that Karama on Yamtiv uh, would be allowed, and that was the basis for the. Uh, Controversy surrounding the uh, Star K ovens, if you remember, a few years ago, the Rabbi Heinemann's position was that one was allowed to press a button on the pad of the uh, oven because nothing, they developed technology, that nothing changed on the uh, screen when you press the button. It just caused the temperature to change uh, with a time delay. So it was kind of a grama. You caused it, uh, the temperature to change, but you didn't do it directly. And when you pressed the button on the keypad, nothing uh, was visible. So you didn't have a problem with the pressing the electrical button on Yom because it didn't cause any change at that moment. You pressed the button and nothing happened. And uh, the fact that the, later on changed the temperature of the oven was only grama. And grama, Rabbi Heinemann felt, grama would be permitted on Yom and therefore he uh, developed this technology to, uh, to to change the temperature in the ovens on Yom Tov. Rav HaPaiskim at that time disagreed with Rabbi Heinemann because they were opposed to, uh, some were opposed to grama on Yom Tov entirely, okay? But uh, the major opposition was that uh, they were opposed to pressing electrical buttons under any circumstances on Yom Tov, even though the change didn't occur immediately, but the fact that you press the button, even though you don't see anything on the screen, and that triggered something later on, they were opposed uh, to using that electricity even in that uh, circumstance. That was the major opposition of the Poiskin. But again, Rabbi Heinemann's suggestion was based upon this idea that perhaps Grama and Yom Tov, we are more lenient, and would be mutter, even if it's not B'makam Seda. There are other advantages to the Star K ovens other than just that uh, that technology, and this is, uh, of course, beyond the, the scope of our discussion, okay? So Grama on Shabbos is mutter, uh, as the Gemara tells us, but the Ramah adds, in the name of the many Rishonim, that that's only true B'makam Seda, in order to prevent a financial loss. But... It would not be a malacha deiraisa to do a uh, to cause a malacha to happen. Only if you do it directly. That's the Gemara on Shabbos. However, the major crux of the sugya of uh, Grama on Shabbos hinges upon a contradiction between this Gemara on Shabbos and a Gemara on Mesechlis Bavakama. The Gemara tells us in Mesechlis Bavakama and of Samach that Zaira veruach misayasa. If I do Zaira, Zaira is the malacha in the in the Seder Hapas, the Lamates of his malacha that comes after Dosh, after you thresh. Uh, the kernel of grain from the husk, you de- detach it, you extract it. So they would separate between the husk and the kernel of grain by throwing it up into the wind. Winnowing. After threshing, they would do winnowing. They would throw it up in the wind. The lighter husk, the lighter uh, casing of the, of the kernel of grain would blow away in the wind, and the heavier kernel of grain would fall to the ground. And that was followed by the Malacha of Merakin and Boirer, where you would uh, pick out the kernels of grain from the surrounding dirt, from the stones uh, that it fell to the ground on. So that was the Malach of Zaira, is they would throw up the kernel of grain together with its shell into the wind, and the wind would separate between the kernel of grain and the husk and the shell. So you use the wind. You didn't do it directly. You use the wind to accomplish the Malacha. So the Gemara says, in fact, this would be Grama. In other areas of Halacha, if the wind would come, with regards to Nezikin, the Gemara says, if the wind would come and cause a Hezek, that would be Grama bin Nezikin. I didn't do the uh, damage. The wind came and caused the damage to occur. So that would be Grama, but when it comes to Zaira, Veruach Mesayasa, so the Gemara says, then you're Chayef, you're Chayef for winnowing by using uh, the wind. Why, says the Gemara? Because Melechas Machsheves Asra Taira. 
On Shabbos, what is prohibited is a thoughtful malacha. And uh, generally speaking, malachas machsheves serves to uh, to create leniencies on Shabbos. The pasuk says with regards to the Mishkan, malachas machsheves, it was a thoughtful, uh, it was a thoughtful malacha. So too, and we know the connection, of course, exists between the Mishkan and Shabbos. So, so too on Shabbos, it has to be a creative, thoughtful malacha that serves as the basis for the coup of davashen miskaven and malachshen tzricha legufa and many other kulas on Shabbos. But here, the Gemara uses it lechumra. Um, that uh, since uh, you're using the wind to accomplish a malach of winnowing, malachas machshevitz asutara, thoughtful malacha is prohibited on Shabbos, and therefore uh, here as well, even though you're not doing it yourself, it would be grama, or should have been grama, here it is prohibited. So the question is, why, what is the pshat in this Gemara? Why is this different than the typical grama on Shabbos, which is allowed, at least b'mokayim seda? And certainly not chayiv, why is Zerbaruch Messiah? If you use the wind to accomplish a malach, I'm not doing it directly. I'm causing it to occur. How come there you're Chayiv? So, as we'll see, there's really two approaches uh, in the Rishinim as to how to understand this Gemara in Masechta's Bavakama. And then, based on each one of their approaches, we'll have to distinguish the Gemara Bavakama from the Gemara in Masechta Shabbos. So Rashi in that Gemara Bavakama explains, Malachas Machsheves Asur Torah, the Torah Asur Thoughtful, uh, Creative Malachas, that over here, even though you're not doing the Malacha B'yadayim, you're causing the Malacha to occur, but Neskaima Machshavtoi, Denechalei Beruach Misayasai. You have accomplished what you set out to accomplish, even though you didn't do it directly, you uh, used the wind to accomplish it, which is in fact Groma. You didn't, you caused it to occur, but ultimately, you accomplished what you set out to accomplish, and that's included in the Pasuk of Malachas Machsheves, a thoughtful and creative Malacha, and here you uh, fulfilled what you thought, what you set out to accomplish. So therefore, Rashi understands, even if you do something in a, an indirect fashion, but if you accomplish what you set out to accomplish, that kind of grama is a chai of midairais on Shabbos. Well, then what then is the difference? How come? That's how Rashi understood the Gemara Babakama, but, the, but then we're left with a problem. Why is that different than the Gemara Masech the Shabbos? But the Gemara says he put barrels full of water uh, to prevent the, uh, the spread of the fire. Your intention is to prevent the spread of the fire and put barrels full of water so that it will put out the fire. So you, you accomplish what you set out to accomplish, to put out the fire. So why is that grama that is permitted if you set out, uh, you accomplish what you set out to accomplish, it should have been also been included in Malachas Machsheves Asutayra. So here within the Pshat of Rashi, Abnei Nezer and uh, Reb Chaim Oizer both uh, quote the opinion of the Shilte Gibayrim, which uh, distinguishes between that Gemara and Shabbos and the Gemara and Masechus Bavakam. And he seems to be working within uh, Rashi's kind of framework. The Shilte Gibayrim and that Gemara Masechus Shabbos explains that really over there, your intention is not to put out the fire. Your intention is to prevent the spread of the fire. I don't want it to burn my property. I don't intend to put out the fire. I want to prevent the spread of the fire. But my intention is not necessarily to put out the fire. If it would be somewhere else, I probably wouldn't be interested in putting out the fire. It's not my business. But here it's coming to burn down my property. So I'm now, I don't want it to spread there. So now I'm not so much interested in putting out the fire, but preventing the spread of the fire. So therefore, it says, uh, explain the Achreinim, that here it's not really Niskaima Machshavta. It's not that I accomplished what I said to accomplish, and what I wanted to accomplish was putting out the fire. What I wanted to accomplish was preventing the spread of the fire. So that kind of grammar would be God, because your intention is not to put out the fire. Your intention is just to prevent, is, is not the Malach of Kibo, it's just to prevent uh, the spread of the fire to your property. Another possible distinction within the uh, position of Rashi, between the Gemara and Masech the Shabbos, where you uh, have the barrels of water, 
to put out the fire in the Gemara Baba Kama where you're winnowing by using the wind, neither one are you doing it directly, but using the wind is prohibited midairaisa, as opposed to putting the barrels of water in front of the fire, that that's only grama. So another possible distinction could be based on the, the opinion of the Ritva. The Gemara says, that if you have a candle on Shabbos, you're allowed to put a plate around the candle in order so that the spark should fall into the uh, plate and uh, prevent uh, a fire. But you're not allowed to put water at the base of a candle on Shabbos. You're not allowed to, you could do, of course, you could do it Arab Shabbos. But you're not allowed to put on Shabbos water at the base of a candle. So when the candle will burn, uh, you know, after a certain amount, it will get put out by the water. You're not allowed to do that. Even though you're not putting out the fire directly, the Gemara says, you're just causing it to be put out. It's grum, grum keyboy. Nonetheless, the Mishnah says, Masech the Shabbos, that they, you're not allowed to do it on Shabbos. So Gemara asks, but why? It's just grum keyboy. You're not actually putting out the fire, you're just causing it to be put out when the fire will, and the candle will, uh, will sink to the level of the water, will be put out by the water, but you're not doing it directly. So why is it prohibited? So Taisa's and that Gemara Masech the Shabbos has a very technical explanation. Taisa's explanation is that it's because you might, uh, you might make a mistake, you might be clumsy, and uh, put out the fire as you're trying to put the water in the base of the candle, you might actually put out the fire directly. However, the Ritpa explains that Gemara a little bit more uh, fundamentally uh, than Taisus, where he explains that there's a distinction uh, within Grama, that the only time Grama is, is not a Malacha, Midoraisa on Shabbos, is when it's, it's not a, a reasonable certainty that you'll perform a Malacha in the process. But over here, you will almost certainly perform a malacha in the process. The candle is going to, when it reaches a certain height, you know, it, it gets lower to a certain height, it will, with reasonable certainty, be put out by the, uh, by the water at the bottom of the tray. Of course, uh, some, you know, uh, you know, some uh, unusual, extraordinary circumstance could happen that would prevent that from occurring. But, you know, with reasonable certainty, you're going to bring about uh, the, uh, the performance of a malacha, of keyboy. So there, grama is prohibited. Why? Presumably along the lines of Rashi, because Niskaima Machshavtoi. You set out to accomplish, uh, you accomplish what you set out to accomplish. What is the Gemara in Shabbos on Kufchafim Abay uh, talking about, where you put the barrels in, fr- in order to prevent the spread of the fire? There is not a reasonable even certainty that you're going to perform a malacha. It could be that the fire will change direction. Many times the fire changes direction based on the wind. So it could be the fire will blow and will travel in a different direction and your, your barrels will never accomplish the malacha of, uh, of Kibu. So perhaps the only time we can call it this kaima machshavtoi that you accomplish what you set out to accomplish and grama would be prohibited is if uh, there's a reasonable certainty you're going to accomplish uh, a malach in the process. But if there's no reason, like zayir beruach masayasa, you're almost definitely going to uh, to to accomplish a malacha, or by putting water at the base of the candle, you almost definitely accomplish a malacha. And if that's what you set out to accomplish, that would be a malacha of kibui. And grama would be prohibited midday raisa. The only time the Gemara said grama shari, that it's mutter, that it's not a malacha day raisa, and we mutter, but makam hefset, is if it's not a certainty that you're going to perform a malacha in the process. But if it's, uh, if it is a certainty, it would be, would not be allowed. Okay, so that's how Rashi understood the Gemara Bavakama, that why is zayr veruach why is a winnowing with the uh, use of the wind, even though you're not doing it directly, you're just causing it to occur, why is that prohibited midday raisa? So Rashi says, because you set out to, you accomplish what you set out to accomplish. Malachas machshavet asr tayr and iskayma machshavtoi. 
Why is that different than the Gemara Masech the Shabbos and Kufchaf from Abayz, where, you're, where you're putting the uh, barrels in the path of the fire? So it could be because over there your intention is not really to do keyboy, your intention is just to prevent the spread of the fire, like the Shulde Yibarim, or it could be because over there it's not a reasonable certainty that you're going to perform a malacha. Maybe uh, no malacha will occur in the end of the day. But this is all within Rashi's explanation of that Gemara in Baba Kama. The Rosh in Baba Kama, Perik Vav Nidalov, has an entirely different explanation of that Gemara. The Rosh explains that uh, the reason why you're chayev for winnowing, through uh, using the wind, even though you're not doing it directly, is because one of the lamites of its malachas and Shabbos is Zaira. And really, the only way of doing winnowing is by using the wind. So the Rosh writes, Bahaki chayva Torah came in the malachas zu, ikarasiyosah It must be the Torah obligated you, even though you're not doing it directly, you're only doing it through the wind, must be the Torah obligated you, even though you're using the wind. Even though you're harnessing a force to do it, you're not doing it yourself, must be the Torah obligated you, because it's one of the Lama Tess Malachos, and there are Malachos which are Chayv, even though you didn't do it directly, otherwise there's no other way you could be Chayv for the Malacha. For example, it's not only Zaira, it would be true by other Malachas too. For example, uh, Afiyah, baking, or cooking. A person doesn't bake or cook on their own, they can't cause it to, to, to cook or bake. What you can do, I mean, you can cause it, but you can't accomplish it on your own directly. What you do is you take the dough and you put it inside of the oven, and then you cause it to be in a position where it will be baked. Or uh, or planting. You don't put, you cause the thing to grow, you put it in the dirt, and the dirt, uh, you cause it, it causes it to grow. So you're just uh, beginning the process, but really, you're just uh, you're not doing it directly, the baking, the cooking, or the or the planting where it has to take root and to grow, you're just putting it in a position where it will, will occur. You harness the force in order to do it. And nonetheless, the Torah is mechaev you there. So even though it might have been grama, here where you harness the force to do it, you're chayev. Because these malachas, you can't, uh, uh, you can't violate them in any other way. So it must be, says the Rosh, that the Torah was mechaev you for doing it, even though uh, really you're doing it uh, indirectly. Other Rishayim take this idea of the Rosh and they expand it uh, even further, that it's not only those malachas that you can't accomplish any other way, other than through the means of uh, of another force, like the wind. I mean, you can't do it directly. You have to do it indirectly through through, through the use of a secondary force. But it could be even those even malachas that you don't necessarily have to do in that way, but they're regularly done in that way. Could be also kind of, even though you didn't do it directly, you only did it through the means of uh, of, of of a secondary force. And they base their comment on the uh, Gemara Baba Kama, where the Gemara tells us in Masechtas Baba Kama that if a person damages someone else with a fire, the Gemara quotes the opinion of uh, Rabbi Yerichanan and Davchav Bezim and Aleph, that Isha if I damage someone else with a fire, meaning I send the fire into his property, and the fire goes and burns down his house. So the Gemara says, that's not Mamun Hamazik, that's not that I was negligent in my property, and my property damaged you, like if I'm not, I'm not careful to watch over my animal, and my animal damages your property, that's mamon hamazik. My property damaged you, and, I, and, and I'm liable. No, the Gemara said, the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan is, if I have a fire that goes out and damages your property, that's like I shot an arrow into your property. If I shot arrows into your property and damaged your property, that's not my arrow damaged you. I damaged you through the means of an arrow. Or if I shoot a gun at something and damages it, then I am, uh, it's not that the gun damaged it, my property damaged, Mamun Hamazik, no, that's Adam Hamazik, that's a personal uh, obligation that I have, because I went out and I injured somebody, or, not, or I caused damages. And the Gemara says there, implies, Tysus notices in Masech the Sanhedrin, the Gemara uh, seems to assume, 
directly, the Gemara seems to assume that this applies not only to uh, to damages and ezekin, it applies to reticha as well. If I uh, kill somebody through an arrow, by shooting an arrow at them, or uh, by shooting a gun, or by sending a fire, and, uh, and, it, and it kills them, that's not, uh, that's not that my, my property killed that person. It's as if I killed them, and I would be liable as a murderer. So that you can be high for reticha too, even though I myself didn't do it directly, I harnessed the force uh, to do it, nonetheless, that's considered to be my action, my Misa. And therefore, the Namuka Yosef asks, and that Gemara Masechlis Bovakama, uh, the following question, the Namuka Yosef brings this back to Hilcha Shabbos. And the Namuka Yosef says, if that's the case, Heichi Sharina how can we ever light candles, Arab Shabbos, like light uh, Shabbos Licht? Your lighting is going to continue to burn throughout Shabbos. And that's going to be your action of Havara that's going to continue on to Shabbos. So you're, you're, you're violating, it turns out that you're violating Havara, even though you lit the candle on Friday, since the uh, continuation of the activity relates to you, isn't it as if you're lighting candles throughout Shabbos and you're in violation of the Malacha of Shabbos, of kindling, of Havara? So the Ra, the, I'm sorry, so the Mukha Yosef explains that, um, that no, you're not chayev, obviously, for lighting uh, Shabbos lich before Shabbos, because even though the continuation, whatever uh, happens afterwards, relates to you, you harness the force, you harness the fire to do what you wanted it to do, it all relates, it all comes back, it's all contained within the moment that you actually did the activity. When I light the fire, the continuation of the lighting of the candle relates to that moment in time when I lit the candle. But since you lit the candle on Friday, so you, you did it at a time when it was permissible to light the candle, so then uh, you don't have a problem of violating Shabbos. And we don't consider it as if every single second you're lighting a new candle. It all relates to the moment when you did the activity of lighting the candle in the first place. Or let's say, for example, a person shoots an arrow. It's not that he's continually shooting the arrow. Whatever can, happens as a result of him shooting the arrow already was contained in his action when he shot it in the first place. But if uh, he lit the candle on Friday... So he did it at a time that was permitted, so the continuation would not, uh, would not turn out to be a, a violation of the Malacha of Shabbos. So you see from here that Amukha Yosef is expanding this concept of Isha Mishim Chitzav, if I harness a force to do my bidding, to do what I wanted to, to do, then that all is considered to be my activity. It's considered to be my action, and would be, uh, in theory, a violation of, uh, of a Malacha on Shabbos. And this seems to be the opinion of the Ramban. The Ramban in Shabbos and Afkufnu and Gimel Medbeis asked the following question. He asked, what is the typical uh, way you go about plowing? One of the second of the Lama Tess Malachas and Shabbos is Chayresh, is plowing. Of course, you could plow Biyad, you could plow with your own hands, you take a trowel or a trough and plow. But perhaps the more typical way of plowing is by uh, harnessing an animal and making the animal plow. So I asked the Ramban, how is that one of the Lama Tess Malachas that I'm Chaya for plowing? Who did the Malacha? Not me. The animal. If I, call, if I uh, uh, encourage an animal to do a malach on Shabbos, for example, let's say I'm in a place uh, where there's no Erev. So if I strap a key, and I need to get my key home, so I can strap the key to my dog, and have the dog uh, carry the key home. So I'm not carrying the key. Who's carrying the key? The dog. So you're not in violation of Haitzah. You can't do it. You're not in violation of Haitzah, but you're in violation of something else, of a lav of Mechamer. Whenever you encourage an animal to do any one of the Lama Tess Malachas, I didn't do it, but I encouraged the animal to do it, or instructed the animal to do it, so then I'm not in violation of Haitzah myself. I didn't carry. I caused it to be carried. I didn't carry. The animal carried it. 
But that's not a lama tesavus because I'm not chayiv midayraisa for haitzah. I'm chayiv. Uh, I'm not you know chayiv achatas eskiyah for haitzah. But you're chayiv in aloisa say of mechamer. I'm encouraging an animal to do a malacha. So I asked the Ramban, how then can I be chayiv skila and chatos? How can I be chayiv midayraisa as one of the lama tesavus of chayresh? When I use an animal to plow, it should have just been the lava of Mechamer. The Loisa say, I'm encouraging a general principle of encouraging an animal to do any melacha, of carrying an Rosh Rabin, or of plowing. How could I violate Cherish, one of the Lama Tess Melachas that I'm violating, if the animal is the one that's doing the plowing? So the Ramban says the following, He writes, Who nice in Aleha oil? I'm putting on top of it the harness. I'm putting it underneath my hand. It's under my control. So then the whole malacha relates to me. It's, it's, uh, it depends on me. The behema is just like an instrument, like a bow and arrow in my hand. It's not, um, it's not an independent entity. So, so too, it could be, we see from the Ramban, not only by those malachas that have to be accomplished in this way. There's no other way to bake other than by using a natural force to do it, by causing it to occur by using a natural force. Even those malachas that could be done in a different way, but perhaps are typically done by using another force. If I harness a force to do my malacha, uh, then it relates to me, it's considered to be my activity, and I'm chayv on Shabbos. And it's not only those malachas that have to be done in that way, even malacha that could be done in a different way, but it's typically done in this way, perhaps you also chayiv on Shabbos. There is a further machlaikis between the Magan Avram and almost everybody else about what about a malacha that's not even typically done in that fashion. Just I choose to do any malacha by harnessing a force, and that accomplishes the malacha. I didn't do it directly. It happens indirectly. By me, uh, by me uh, gathering or harnessing a force to do it. But it's not that it has to be done in this way. It's not even that it's typically done in this way. Another malacha, one of Lama Tassavah's malachas, I only accomplish by harnessing a force to do it. What is the case of discussing? Discussing a case where you have a, a water mill that's grinding uh, kernels of grain into flour. So it's malacha of taichin, of grinding. So I'm not going to grind the kernel of grain directly. What, you can, what, what the, the price we're discussing is, can you put a kernel of grain Further down on the conveyor belt, the water will run the mill, the conveyor belt will come closer, and ultimately the grain will get ground on, uh, on, on Shabbos. So if I can, if I put the kernel of grain on the conveyor belt on Shabbos, is that grama, or is that taichin midairaisa? Am I just causing it to be ground, or am I actually grinding it myself? So the Magan Avram writes, it's quoted by the Bira Allah, consideration if I put a kernel of grain, on the conveyor belt of a water mill, I'm not chayiv midayraisa. It would be grama. I caused it to occur, but I'm not chayiv midayraisa. It's not my activity because I didn't grind it myself. I caused it to happen. Uh, and then is not typically done in this fashion. But says to be Everybody else uh, was directly arrived the magen avram. Veskimu achreinim. The Achreinim have concluded, Hainu, who is that? Hell, Yerabo, Evan, Oizer, Dagom, Ravava, Chemed, Maisha, the classical Achreinim, disagree with the Magan Avram. The Chayv, Apto, Asim, Mimeu, even though it happens by itself, because you harness the force to do it, for Chaykisha, if a Betano, Afshafia, Mimeu, Asim, Ubesad, Mikomako, Mikri, Maisa, Mamish. Just like when you bake in an oven, that's considered your activity, even though you just cause it to occur, because you harness the force to do it. So do by Trina, even though Trina doesn't have to be performed in this fashion, it might not even be typically performed in this fashion. But if you harness a force to do it, Yochayev, it's considered to be your activity uh, on Shabbos. 
Why is the Magen Avram disagrees to the Chassam Seifer and his Hagos and Shulchan Aruch explains because Magen Avram feels this Malach is not typically done in this fashion, like Bisho or like Zeraya. But the right of the Achrayim, almost everyone else except the Magen Avram, disagree and they say anytime you harness a force to do your Malacha, uh, that's considered to be your activity and be chayv midayraisa for it on Shabbos. So getting back, that's the pshat of the rush in the Gemara Masech the Shabbos by Zayra Veruach Masayasa. If I harness the wind to do my bidding, to winnow, to separate between the chaff of the kernel of grain and the kernel itself, so then even though I didn't do it directly, it should have been Groma, but I harnessed the force to do it, Yochayim Midayraisa on Shabbos, that all relates to you, that's considered to be your activity. But then we're left with the problem. What then is the difference between this and the uh, and the the Gemara we began with of putting the barrels of water in the path of the fire in order to extinguish the fire. There also you're uh, setting up a system by which keyboy uh, extinguishing the fire is going to occur. Why isn't that included in this principle as well? So Chaim Eizer has a landmark tshuva about electricity, and others uh, have the same uh, quote the same tshuva from the Zera Ms. So in the 1700s, where the Zera Emes makes a distinction that, that, that uh, many others accept as well. And the distinction of the Zera Emes between the Gemara Masechtas Bavakama and the Gemara Masechtas Shabbos, the old uh, the Kasha that we've been dealing with, is that there's a difference between when the force uh, the, that you harness takes over right away to complete your action, then your Chayv Midaraisa, between when the force uh, does not take over right away, there's a time delay, and does not come to complete your action then that's Gurama on Shabbos. If the force co- continues, let's say by Zerah, I throw it up into the wind, immediately the wind comes and separates between the chaff and the kernel of grain, that's a Malachat Dairais on Shabbos of Zerah. But uh, by placing, let's say, the uh, barrels of water in the path of the fire, I place the barrels of water over here, the fire is starting somewhere else, so the fire doesn't pick up the Kayach Acher, the other force doesn't pick up my activity to complete it, of extinguishing, I didn't extinguish at all, I put barrels of water over here. And the other fire is acting over here. So it's not that the force is acting on my, you know, continuing my action to complete what I said, you know, what I began, the activity that I began. They're two separate things. That's Grama and Shabbos. And that's Mutter and only, uh, it would be permitted, Bimakam Hafsid. That's Grama. What is your Malachas if the force takes over right away and completes the activity that you begin? The distinction of the Zerah Emes seems to be predicated upon a Gemara Masechta Sanhedrin. The Gemara tells us the Masechta Sanhedrin that I in Zion, that if I tie up a person, I tie up a person in the heat and he dies. Or I tie him up in the uh, in the cold, the bitter cold, and he dies. So then, Chayev, you're a right seach. You truly you didn't kill them directly, but you put, you harness the force to kill them. So that, that's considered to be your activity in Kala Tarakula. Uh, not only in Ezekiel and Damages and Shabbos, also in Ritzichan. So it's considered to be your activity and your Chayev as a right seach. But let's say I tie a person up Let's say in the, in the desert, it's very hot during the day, but it's cold at night. So I tie him up in the desert at night, and then the sun will rise during the day, and he'll die in the heat. So, saif chama lavai, a saif tzina lavai. The sun is not here now, the cold is not here now, but it will arrive later and kill them. So then the Gemara says, that's a, that's a grama. You caused the person to die, but you didn't kill him directly in your putter. Of course, you're not a right seach. Of course, it's a usher, but you're not a right seach. It would be putter. Why? Because you didn't kill the person directly. You caused the person to die. You're not a right seach be a dying. Why? But the same force is coming. Yes, but the answer is the force doesn't come directly at the conclusion of your action to complete what you what you began. The force uh, comes later on. So it's it's uh, it's, uh, it's something else from your activity. 
So it's only well, the only time that's grama. The only time it's considered to be your action is when the force takes over what you began and completes your activity. That's a malacha deraisa on Shabbos. You'd be a reitzeach, it'd be other mamazik. But if the force uh, is uh, that your activity is over here, you place the kalim full of water over here, and the fire is over here somewhere else, it's not that the fire is continuing your activity of extinguishing, so you didn't harness the fire. Uh, you didn't harness the force in order to do extinguishing. The, the two things are separate. Or if there's a time delay uh, in, in between, so then that would not be considered between the force acting and your activity, so then that would not be considered to be a hemshech, a continuation of your action, would not, uh, and the action would not relate to you. That would be grama. Uh, on Shabbos. This is uh, the basis of the discussion in the Paiskim with regards to uh, manipulating Shabbos clocks on Shabbos. If a person sets up, let's say, Shabbos clock uh, before Shabbos to turn on a light on Shabbos, so let's say, uh, I don't know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and he wants to manipulate it on Shabbos that uh, it should uh, turn on, uh, let's say he wants to, t- to turn on later. He wants to preserve the status quo. So Rabbi Meisha, or Shomaz Alman's opinion is that a person is always allowed to preserve status quo. If it's supposed to turn on at 2 o'clock, right now it's off. It's supposed to turn on at 2 o'clock, and I want to change it to turn on at 4 o'clock. That is permitted, because you didn't do anything on Shabbos. The first rule of Malachi Shabbos is you have to accomplish something discernible. Here you just preserve status quo. Preserving status quo on Shabbos is always uh, is always allowed. It's a larger discussion. It relates to Shabbos elevators and other things too, but uh, beyond the scope of our conversation right now. But, but preserving status quo on Shabbos is allowed. Of course, you can't take the peg out. And from the 2 o'clock slot, and then put it back into the 4 o'clock slot, that's not, because once you took it out, the status quo is that it's never going to turn on. So now you put it back into the 4 o'clock slot, now you change the status quo. But if you can manipulate it in such a way that you never take out the 2 o'clock sl- uh, s- peg, and you just turn it to 4 o'clock, uh, so, so maintaining status quo is never us or on Shabbos. But let's say I wanted to make it, I want to manipulate it to turn on earlier. Or I want to manipulate it to, to, turn, uh, to turn off earlier. So is that allowed on Shabbos or not? So Maisha's opinion was, and the Gros Maisha, and Rosh Hashanah has this in the Mincha Shlema as well, that no, that could be a Malacha Dei Raisa. Rosh Hashanah writes in Chayel Ka'av, Simen Yud Gimel, that when you put the peg in to the uh, dial of the Shabbos clock to make it turn off earlier, so then uh, you're kind of setting up, you harness the force to uh, to do a malachah of kibuyah, to do a malachah of havara, of kindling, by turning on the fire, by turning on the, uh, if it's an incandescent bulb, so you're turning on a bulb, if it's a fluorescent LED light, then it's uh, more to discuss, it might not be a malachah de raisa, but if so, if there's an incandescent bulb, with a filament, so you're doing a malachah de raisa of kindling, because you're setting up a system, you're harnessing a force which acts right away, immediately, at the conclusion of your activity, to complete what you began, so you're putting in a peg, and it, uh, that ultimately, uh, you know, continues, continues, continues around and around and around till it hits the switch, boom, and it turns on the light. So that's a continuation of your uh, activity, and could potentially be a malacha de raisa uh, on Shabbos. I presume that Rosh Hashanah would distinguish between this and a thermostat. If I switch a thermostat, and uh, that makes either the air conditioning turn on or the heat turn on earlier, of course, to preserve status quo, to make it turn on later would be allowed. If you have an electric thermostat, we're not talking about that, then you have a problem of electricity. The old-time thermostats, which is just uh, a dial, so if you want to maintain status quo, to turn on later, that would be allowed. But let's say you want to manipulate it to turn on earlier, at a lower temperature. So then, that's not the Kayakachar taking over after your activity, to complete what you, uh, the force, you didn't harness the force to do what you set out to accomplish. The, uh, the, uh, you're, you're, that's like putting, uh, you know, Kadeimayim, barrels full of water in the path of the fire. The fire is over here, and the barrels of water are over here. 
So I think a thermostat would be different for Shlomo Zalman, or should be different, uh, than, uh, than manipulating, than manipulating the Shabbos clock. Okay, so that's the, 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 the main uh, discussion with regards to the distinction between grama and a malacha that writes on Shabbos. Rashi's opinion is whenever Neskayim Machshavta, you accomplish what you set out to accomplish, grama is always not allowed. And the Ritva said that's only if it's going to happen with, you know, a reasonable certainty. Or, and then what you're trying to do with the malacha, then, uh, grama is not permitted at all. It'll be a malacha de raisa. And if, uh, it's not in this kind of mashavta, you just, uh, you just, um, performed the malacha and, uh, you caused it to occur, but you didn't do it directly. It would only be mutter b'makah imhefsit. And if you don't have this kind of mashavta, and the opinion of the rush is that, uh, if you cause a malacha to occur, uh, without harnessing a natural force that takes over right away after your activity, uh, so then, uh, so then that would be Mutama Makam Hefsid, but if you harness a force to do a malacha that takes over at the conclusion of your activity, to complete, uh, to complete the activity, uh, to complete the malacha, then it would be, a Maisa Adam would be a malacha de Raisa on Shabbos. So any, even Grumma though, even if you will come up with a switch that will, uh, will, you know, get, get around Rashi and the Rashi's uh, shot, Still, will only be mutter b'makom hefsed. Again, Sfaradim within the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch is somewhat, uh, you know, negotiable. What was the opinion of the Shulchan Aruch? Was it only mutter b'makom hefsed? But again, many places can assume even the Shulchan Aruch would only allow grama b'malacha b'makom hefsed. However, about 35, 40 years ago, Rabbi Halpern developed a, a switch or technology which he was trying to uh, to argue should be permitted. Wouldn't even be grama. Wouldn't even reach the threshold of uh, of uh, doing malacha. Uh, causing malacha to occur, it's not even causing malacha. It's mamish mutter on Shabbos. Because even grama is only mutter b'makam hefsid. The Shulchan Aruch quotes from Shlomo Zalman in Parakei Gimel, how Aaron and Ches, even grama is not only mutter uh, b'makam hefsid, uh, you know, uh, once in a while. It's not a policy. Even if it's b'makam hefsid on a regular basis, the opinion of Shlomo Zalman was, ki hetesh grama hu rakal derech mikre. You can't set up a system, even though it's Malcolm Hefsid, you can't set up a system where you're constantly doing grama. That was a kula. So, okay, but even grama uh, is only Mutam Malcolm Hefsid, and even Malcolm Hefsid, Shlomo Zalman felt that that's not something that should be done regularly. But Rabbi uh, Halpern tried to develop technology that wouldn't even reach the threshold of grama. And what he was basing himself, uh, what he uh, based his technology upon was a Sif in Shulchan Aruch, and Simeresha in Zion Sif Beis, which Shulchan Aruch discusses the case of a candle that's near a door, an open door. So, of course, we know in order for a candle to burn, it needs fuel. Of course, you need a spark, but it needs fuel, and it needs oxygen in order to burn. So, the more oxygen you have, as long as it's not blowing out the candle, causes the candle to burn better. The more oxygen you have, and the less oxygen you have, the, 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 the less the candle burns. It will not burn as well. So, let's say you have an open door adjacent to a candle. So, the candle is burning very well, because there's a lot of oxygen that's coming in through the door. And a person closes the door... So now he's uh, causing the candle to be extinguished to a certain degree. It's not going to blow out entirely, but there'll be less oxygen. So it will be, uh, it will be extinguished uh, minimally, uh, somewhat. So that will be a malach of kiboy on Shabbos. So is that allowed? Are you allowed to close the door? And you're going to cause the fire to be diminished slightly. So the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah both say yes. It's mutter. Not that it's garam of Makam Hesed. It's head the to close the door. And it's not that it's a secondary intention. It's not a dover shade of And Your intention is to close the door. That's what it sounds like from the Shulchan Aruch. Your intention is to close the door in order to minimize the fire slightly, the candle. And nonetheless, it's permitted. It's not that it's a dover shade of and things like that. No, that's what you're intending to do. Why is it permitted? Why should that be allowed? So, be helping explain that it's because you're not really putting out the fire 
directly. What you're doing is removing an obstacle. Uh, you're removing the oxygen, and that is causing the fire to go out. Let's say there's a fire that's traveling down. Uh, you know, there's a fire that's traveling, and there's wood in the path of the fire. I'm not putting uh, barrels of water. There's wood in the path of the fire, so that's potential fuel for the fire. And I come and I remove uh, the wood from the, from the path of the fire. So, of course, that's permitted on Shabbos. I'm not uh, causing the fire to be extinguished. I'm just removing potential fuel from the path of the fire. So, so over here, I'm removing oxygen, which is, in this sense, helps the fire burn. I'm removing potential oxygen from the path of the candle. But I'm not extinguishing the candle directly. I'm removing what he, what Rabbi Halper called, Meniyas HaMeniyah. I'm removing an obstacle to extinguishing. I'm not extinguishing it directly. I'm removing something which would have uh, allowed the fire to burn perhaps better later on. And I'm removing it over here. Like removing fuel from the path of the fire. So just like that's allowed, you're allowed to close the door, even though that's going to prevent later on the flow of oxygen to the candle. But equal, that's removing an obstacle, not doing something directly. So based on that sif and shulchan aruf, that's heter gomer, that's not even grama, that's not causing malacha to occur, that's uh, removing an obstacle, and the malacha happens on its own. The candle diminishes on its own, and I'm just removing an obstacle to, to uh, moving potential fuel from the fire that it would have gotten later on. So based on this, we have the Varek technology that you have two, uh, he developed a switch where you have uh, li- uh, pulses of light that go from one receptor to another receptor and uh, that causes the appliance to turn on. But he put in between a uh, plastic piece, a, something that's blocking uh, the pulses of light from going from the uh, one receptor to the other one and that prevents the appliance from turning on. And what his switch did was that it uh, removed the piece of plastic from in between the pulses of light and then the appliance turned on on its own. So he compared that to that sip in Shulchan Aruch of closing the door by the candle. That you're not putting out the candle, you're just removing potential fire from the candle, potential fuel, and the candle go, it gets diminished all by itself. So it's over here, you're removing an obstacle, and the uh, appliance turns on on its own. That's the way the, uh, the appliance it doesn't turn on because of any activity that I did. It's not even grama. I'm removing, a, it turns on all on its own, and I removed uh, an obstacle from its path. So he passed this around, this idea of this, uh, this technology that perhaps it should be mutter on Shabbos to run appliances in this fashion. And the Paiskim, uh, universally, uh, almost, did not accept this as, uh, to become standard practice. Some, Ramayesha and Rabbi Yashiv, quoted by the Sefer Shvus Yitzchak, their opinion was that, uh, it's Malachadai Raisa. It's Malachadai Raisa on Shabbos. Others had other oppositions to it, and more their main opposition to it was, because the appliance turns on right away, even though you, uh, the, you, you, you didn't turn on the appliance, you just removed an obstacle and the appliance turns on on its own because of the pulses of light that are, that are flowing and it was always supposed to turn on, it just didn't because of the piece of plastic was in its way. So even though, yes, that's the mechan, uh, that's, uh, how you went about it, that's the mechanism, but since it happens right away, whatever happens right away is attributed to me, is considered to be my action. For example, the Gemara says in Masechus Sanhedrin, Hazarik Chetz, on the Fayin Zanima Bay, the person who shoots an arrow at someone else who's holding a shield. Okay, I don't know, he's uh, shooting an arrow at someone who's holding a shield. No problem. The third party comes and removes the shield. And now the arrow hits the person who was holding the shield and it kills him. So is the person who removes the shield a Reitzach or not? So the Gemara says, no, he's not a Reitzach. He was just Hasaras Hamaynea. He removed the shield. I didn't shoot the arrow, the other guy shot the arrow. So the guy who removes the shield is not a Reitzach. Perhaps a, he caused the other guy to be killed, but he's not a Reitzach. He's a Grama, but he's not a Reitzach. Uh, that he could be Chai Misa. But the Yad Ramah writes on that Gemara, 
Um, that that's only true if the arrow is somewhat of a distance away from the shield. But if the arrow is sitting on the shield, the minute you remove the shield, boom, the arrow hits him, so then you are a rotzer, because it happened right away, even though it only happened by Hasara Samaneh, removing an obstacle, but if it happens right away, that's attributed to be, that's considered to be your action. Or Chaim Eizer, Nachiezer quotes this Yad Ramah in, in disagreeing with Rabbi Pesach Frank. Rabbi Pesach Frank's uh, opinion initially was, at the beginning, when uh, electricity was still being dealt with for the first times, so his opinion was um, that uh, turning on a, a light was permitted on Yom because he understood that, uh, that the circuit is closed by itself, and the switch is just a blockage in the circuit. And when you flip the switch, you're not turning on the light directly, you're removing an obstacle, and the light turns on all by itself. You're just removing an obstacle, uh, but you're not connecting the circuit, uh, you're not connecting the circuit directly, you're removing an obstacle to the circuit, and then the flow of electricity happens all by itself. So it was Groma, and Groma is Mutter on Yamtiv, so he held that perhaps you're just causing it to occur, and should be mutter on yomtif. And Rabbi Moiser disagreed, and he said, first of all, the technology, the, you have the technology wrong. That's not the way switches work. When you close the switch, you actually create the circuit. Uh, so he said, but but even if your technology would be correct, you would have the the proper uh, assessment of it. It's still, since it happens immediately, even though you're just haseret hamenea, you're just removing the shield, you're just removing a blockage. Whatever happens immediately is attributed to you. It's considered to be your action, and uh, you could be chayv midday raisa for turning on the candle. Turning on the light, the incandescent bulb on, uh, on Yantif. It's not a grama, it's your Misa. So, so to over here, the, the uh, initial switch that was developed that happened right away. So, even though, yes, it happened through a Meniyah Samaniyah, removing an obstacle, the, the many Pisces were opposed to it, of course, because it happens, uh, the results are immediately. So, with the new, uh, the kosher switch technology, what they uh, added to it, to the technology of Rabbi Halperin from 35, 40 years ago, was a time delay, a random time delay that you remove a plastic switch in between the pulses of light, and that causes the appliance to turn on all by itself. The light turns on by itself. All I did is remove an obstacle that was blocking the pulses of light, and now they introduced that it doesn't happen right away, but it happens with the time delay. It happens with the time delay. And it's a random time delay. You never know how long it's going to, uh, how long it's going to take. So there, so uh, the question is, does that change uh, what the reaction of the Paiskin would have been uh, to, the, to the technology of, uh, of Rabbi Halperin? So the truth of the matter is, many Paiskin were opposed. I don't believe it changes it because the, the reaction of the Paiskin. Because many, uh, the Paiskin were opposed to Rabbi Halperin's technology not only because it occurs right away, um, but also because it's fundamentally different than the case of the candle and the door where you're just removing an obstacle and the uh, and this uh, switch, the grammar switch, or the kosher switch, uh, are two entirely different cases. They're not they're not comparable cases at all. Why? Because over here by the door, the 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 door which is uh, allowing the oxygen in and the candle are two separate entities. So yes, you can view uh, closing the door as preventing uh, you know additional fuel from reaching. Uh, the candle, and that's just hasara samaneh, like removing the wood from in the path of the fire, and that would be mutter on Shabbos. But here, where the whole thing is one apparatus, one mechanism, even though inside, yes, it might be hasara samaneh, it might be minia samaneh, removing an obstacle, but it's one apparatus. So uh, Rabbi Yashvin and others argued that uh, Ramayisha, those who uh, were around the time of the technology of Rabbi Halperin, argued that, no, that since it's all one apparatus, we can't view them as two separate things. We view it as one thing. 
Rav Asher Weitz in his uh, Sefer Chumash and Parshas Vayakel also disagrees with the uh, initial suggestion of the uh, of the grammar switches. Not only because there's no time delay, but also because it's one apparatus. We view it all as one thing. Rav Asher Weitz links it. I, I thought of this on my own, but I was uh, I saw it there. He has it as well. That this might be part of the larger discussion in Halacha. That many times we go based on the way things are perceived, not the way uh, which is the most scientifically correct. This has to do with whether or not lice uh, reproduce and whether or not you got to kill lice on Shabbos. Even though we know they reproduce, the Gemara seems to assume that you're allowed to kill them on Shabbos because they don't reproduce. So yes, even though it might be on a microscopic level, or even if it is not a microscopic level, but we perceive it that it doesn't reproduce, so then the Havacha goes based on the way that it's, uh, it's perceived. It's relevant with regards to the bugs and the fish and other, other uh, similar uh, cases. And Shabbos, many times, is determined not based on science. We don't have to do a study. It's the way people think. Is the Malachan necessarily going to occur? Is it not going to occur? Is whether or not determines it's a psychration. You don't have to do a scientific study. It's the way things are perceived as opposed to what is the most, uh, perhaps, scientifically correct. And so, too, over here, the way it is perceived is when you flip the switch, the light turns on as a result of you flipping the switch. Yes, inside the mechanics might be one thing or another, might be Hasara Samenea, but the, the way it is perceived, and the way it is marketed even, is when you turn the, turn the switch, that's what turns on the, uh, that's what turns on the light, and that was the opposition that the place came had as well to the technology of everybody helping. I think that that opposition as well, would exist with regards uh, to the kosher switch. And I, I think uh, that uh, all the price game, all, all the price game, no one allowed uh, the technology of Rabbi Halperin, uh, Lemaisa, even Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman and Rabbi Vadya, who weren't sure maybe it's Gurama, maybe it's Maisa Adam, Rabbi Maitre, Rabbi Yashiv held that it was Maisa Adam, Yechayim, and Dairaisa. Rabbi Shlomo Zalman and Rabbi Yashiv and Rabbi Avadi's opinion was that maybe it's Gurama, and therefore they said we should institute it. They only allowed it in the hospitals or in uh, in uh, places which are involved in security, because either way they have a hetzel to be a violate Shabbos for pikuach nefesh. So he said, why not uh, put in these grama switches? Maybe that lowers the prohibition to uh, to a grama, which is uh, you know lowers uh, the degree of what they're doing. But not that it should be muttered, uh, you know. Uh, gratuitously for people to install these things in their home, then no one ever allowed that. And even if there is a time delay, a time delay just makes things grumma. Even if there is a time delay, all that does is make it into a grumma, which again would only be mutter, um, which would only be mutter, b'makayim hefzeh. One could even argue here that you're harnessing a force to do a malacha, even though it happens at random intervals. You said in, uh, in course of motion, which... which uh, which uh, which created the malacha. So I think the paiskim, all the paiskim who uh, oppose the grammar switch would oppose uh, the kosher switch as well. Just one final comment uh, is that many, uh, when the kosher switch initially came out in 2011, there were certain haskamas uh, that they reported that they had from uh, from uh, from Gedolei HaPaiskim, from Avnoivert, from Nevinsal, from Sternbach, from Rebelski, and uh, in 2011 already it came out uh, that either there was uh, misrepresentations, miscommunications, misunderstanding, and uh, all four of those, uh, none of them intended to give a haskama to this uh, to be installed in people's home. Maybe they understood it was only in hospitals, where either way you're violating shops, or maybe they didn't, uh, they didn't uh, agree to it at all under any circumstance, but they all uh, later came out, did not give their, uh, their uh, haskama to the, to, to the kosher switch to be used, certainly uh, in people's homes. Even the uh, Rabbanim who are uh, currently, uh, you know, give their, is reported by the kosher switch that they give their haskama to it. In recent days, uh, some of them have uh, retreated uh, from, their, uh, from their initial positions and um, 
and uh, things are still uh, things are still evolving. It's also not surprising that some of the uh, the the the, the who they who, some of the rabbanim who they have discovered from Asfardim, which again are more open uh, to uh, the Grama and Shabbos uh, being muta even shaloi b'makom hefsed. But certainly for Ashkenazim, uh, it should be uh, uh, you know there's more of a reason. Uh, to be machmer. One final note is, and again, I I, I never play. I, I am very not not want to do this, but to play the gadol game of who is greater than who. And I don't mean to be belittle anyone, chas v'shalom, any rav, any paisik at all. But the names that are listed on the uh, on the website of giving their haskama, while the, they uh, some are. Uh, you know, those who have not retracted, some are, you know, they are respected rabbanim, but they are not from the gedolei hapoiskim of our time who were aware of this technology. The Rabbi Yashiv, Rabbi Vadya, Rabbi Vosner, all who passed away recently were alive when this technology was being passed around and was uh, was being developed. And uh, even the gedolei hapoiskim uh, currently, uh, who are, we are accustomed to hearing about. In, in all areas of halacha, in Hilchah Shabbos, in other areas of halacha, who we, everyone is, uh, universally recognizes the G'dayli HaPaiskim of our time, are not from those people who have given their Haskama. So even though the, some certain people might be respected Rabbanim who have, uh, it's certainly not from the G'dayli HaPaiskim. And in order to change the way Shabbos is practiced uh, fundamentally in our time, which the kosher switch would do, you need the Haskama, universal Haskama, of the G'dayli HaPaiskim of our time. We had in last week's parish and parish Shmini, they had um, uh, the parsha begins by Hiba Yom Hashmini, the dedication of the Mishkan. Aaron summons Aaron and his children and all of the elders of Klal Yisrael. And Rashi already asks, why does he summon the elders of Klal Yisrael? The Aaron and his children have to be there because they're going to initiate the Avod in the Mishkan. Why do the Ziknei Yisrael have to be there? So the Be'er Yosef explains because there are two innovations in last week's parsha. Two things that two new things that people did. Another than Avil tried to innovate in the Avil in the Mishkan, and that was an Eish Zara Hashem, and they were killed. They innovated and was not accepted. But yet the Mishkan is also an innovation that's also uh, initiated in this week's parsha and in Parsha Shmini. That's an innovation which is accepted. What's the difference between an innovation that is accepted? How come the Mishkan is accepted and another than Avil's innovation was not accepted? And the Be'er Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Salat, explains that it's because the Mishkan was done with the guidance and with the approval of uh, the Ziknei Yisrael, of the Gedalei Yisrael. And when it's done with the, under the guidance and the advice of Gedalei Yisrael, that's an innovation which can be accepted, like the Mishkan. But when it's not done, another than Avil did not consult with the Gedalei Yisrael. It's one shot in the Medrash, quoted by Rashi. They did, they, they were Hayyar Halacha Bifnei Rabbin. They did not consult with the Mishkan. It was not done with the guidance of Gedalei Yisrael, then such an innovation uh, cannot be accepted. And so, too, to make such an innovation that we are discussing here, which would change the way Shabbos is practiced, needs to be the universal, not one rav here, there, in a communal rav. It needs to be from the Haskamah, who we all recognize in our time as the Gedalei Yisrael, in order to make uh, such an innovation.